this is a process. This is a lifelong process. It's not something that we can just start and then stop and hope that these behaviors and the ways that we're approaching these three relationships will just continue on autopilot. Welcome to Your Financial Sobriety, a podcast that challenges conventional beliefs about money and life. We're here to talk about the only three relationships in life that really matter, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with other people, and our relationship with money. And they are all tied very closely to one another. If you've ever struggled with any of these relationships at any point in your life, then you're in the right place. I'm Matthew Grishman, co-owner of Gebhardt Group. We're a private wealth management firm headquartered just outside San Francisco, California. I'm joined by my business partner and BFF, Jim Gebhardt, who got this party started when he opened the doors of our firm in 2005. Jim and I created Your Financial Sobriety because we want to help a lot of people. We're on a mission to become the most disruptive money influencers of our time. If after listening today, you're able to take one step closer to keeping your money more aligned with the people, places, and experiences that mean the most to you, then Jim and I just got one step closer to accomplishing our mission. Let's talk about that third complicated relationship we have. That relationship we have with self. Sure. You introduced me to Jim Kelly shortly after you and I first met. We had never met before. And this was a telephone call. This wasn't exactly. even a, a meeting in person. Right. I said, hi, Jim. Jim Gebhardt referred me to you. He thought you and I should spend some time talking with each other. Well, what can I help you with, Matt? Well, I've had some financial challenges and it's kind of trickled into my personal life and my relationships and I'm not feeling very good about myself. Jim then said to me, when are you going to start telling the truth and take that damn mask off you've been wearing your whole life? I was so shocked I slammed the phone down in his face. Of course, there were some choice words that went with it, because he said some things to me that, I he mean, those right statements, yeah, those statements were painful for me to hear. It was an awareness that I guess I didn't have up until that point. But a total stranger calls you out on it in seven to 12 nanoseconds. That's a stinger. That, uh, that, would, be, that would have been my reaction. I probably would have then broken the phone after I hung it up. <laughs> well, lucky for me, I didn't. And I, a short time later, called him back apologized for how I behaved and, and asked him for a little more clarity on what he meant. And he was such a soft, kind person. God bless Jim. I'm, I'm sorry he's not with us today. And my time with him was, was so brief, but so, so meaningful. And he talked to me about this idea that I had been living behind a mask my whole life, probably because of some trauma that I experienced as a child, which we got to dive into a little bit, and how I've been living behind this mask, not only to fool the whole world as to who I really was, but to fool myself because of how I felt about myself, because these money choices I made and how they affected people in my life left me feeling so crappy about myself. Those initial conversations with Jim really helped me become aware of this. I mean, I, I was at such a place of desperation that I knew I needed to do something different. And I guess that moment of desperation was a gift that I had received where all of this had happened, instead of happening to me, it all happened for me. Sure. Because it, it allowed me that moment of desperation where I was willing to hear some truths and do something different about it. I liked how you 
teach the concept in, in one of the earlier episodes, the whole concept of shower to showtime. If you're wondering about your own mask, and maybe it's such a good mask, you don't even know you're wearing it. Right. Slow it down and think of your shower to showtime routine. What do you do in the morning? I mean, you, you beautifully told the story about how, you know, you had to have the shirt and the right silk tie and the Hickey Freeman suit and the cuffs and the watch and the da 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 I had similar stuff, right? I used to get the sweats when I would be shaving in the morning, knowing that, you know, I was going to be going and putting on this, this uniform or this mask. I was very unaware at the time. Yeah. So what mask are you wearing? Write about it. Have no, have no judgment around it, but write about it and think about what do you do to kind of get yourself prepared? Because ultimately in this exercise of self and, you know, knowing thyself and loving thyself, those are going to be very important things you become aware of so that you can step into that authentic you. Absolutely. And I love what you said about, you know, the mask was on so tight, I wasn't even aware I was wearing it. I think deep down, I knew that I wasn't showing up myself. I mean, just just going through the exercise of thinking back when I was a little kid to what my dream job was, what I wanted to be when I grew up and why I wanted to be that. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a New York City police officer because I could be a superhero. I could help people. I could protect people. I could save them from the bad guys. And when I think about the mask that I had to put on every day, the the shower to showtime routine, everything from the hair product and like you said, shaving and making sure it was perfect and the clothing and the jewelry and the accessories and the car that I had to get in, there was a complete lack of congruency of that hero that I dreamed about being as a little kid. I mean, sure, I, I justified it by saying I was going out in the world and helping all these financial advisors help their clients make better financial decisions. But Right, so you could make more money and shower it on your people. Exactly. Yeah. It was all a self-serving thing about me making money so I could take care of my little world and, and ultimately feel good about myself. But, and, and, but in the context of unique ability and one of the absolute miraculous things that happens when you start to develop a better relationship with self, inherently you, you knew it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Inherently, you knew you wanted to help people. You wanted to save people. You wanted to help people. It's not in the context of police work. It happens to be in the context in your life today as a, as a financial advisor. Yeah. You taught me the concept of being able to look in the mirror. And, you know, when you first did it, you kind of were grinding your teeth saying, I'm proud of you. I love you. I believe in you. Right. And you just kind of grunted through it. Fake it till you make it, brother. Fake it till you make it. And I, I did the same word of exact it. thing. Yep. I did the same exact thing. And it took me a couple of months after you started doing it to have the courage to actually do it. Cause I'm like, Oh God. Okay, sure. I'm supposed to do this now. All right, here it goes. <sighs> I'm proud of you. I believe in you. I love you. Okay, it's over. Next. Right. Yep. And perhaps the thing that we enjoy the most about the work we do with our clients is helping them get on the right track in terms of, of exploring their unique ability. And that whole wonderful Zen concept of the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you figure out why. And God, it is just a beautiful thing when somebody figures out the why. 
Well, yeah, and that comes as a result of developing this unconditional love with yourself. I mean, how, how could I be expected to have unconditional love for anyone else in my life? How could I ever expect to have a healthy relationship with money if I can't look in the mirror and feel good about the guy looking back at me? I was so desperate to feel that, but I didn't feel like it was possible. I looked in the mirror and every little imperfection that I saw in the mirror, I judged. This is no surprise to you. We are our harshest critic. We are always our harshest critic. But I wanted so badly to love and appreciate the dude looking back at me that when I asked for help with this and I was given some simple suggestions on how to do it, I had that moment of willingness where I was willing to try something that was way outside my comfort zone, just as you have. And I didn't believe it the first couple of hundred times. times. (laughs) I said it, (laughs) looking in the mirror. Because I wasn't proud of my past, right? These are three very intentional statements. I'm proud of you. I love you. I believe in you. They're very intentional in that order. And I suggest that you say them to yourself in that order. Because what I'm proud of you talks about is what that saying is, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you've done. I'm proud of who you've been. I'm proud of where you've been. Despite all the baggage and all the crap, I can love you unconditionally despite the choices you've made. It's also another way of saying I forgive you. When I say I love you, now we're talking to our present self. I love what I see in the mirror. It may be far from perfect or far from the ideal, but I can love it unconditionally, right? It's just the way we used to teach kids when you and I coach youth sports. It's that muscle memory. Teach them how to swing the baseball bat. Teach them the basics of shooting a basketball. Teach them the basics of how to use a lacrosse stick. And as your body learns to do these things, the mind follows. So that idea of saying I love you to my present self, no matter what I saw in the mirror, was a way to get my body to do something before my mind was ready to follow it. And then, of course, that third statement is very intentionally looking at my future self. I believe in you. I may not know the hows or the whats or the wheres or the whos, but I can still have a basic faith and belief in myself that whatever is in front of me, whatever I got to go do, I can do it. I'm proud of you. I love you. I believe in you. What I can promise you is that despite how uncomfortable that makes you feel to do it, if you do it every day, sometime between now and the next 60, 90, 120 days, you're going to start believing one or more of those three statements. And it's going to start to have a trickle effect into your relationships with people and your relationships with money. We've seen it time and time again. It clears the decks and opens up the possibility of that second day you just talked about of finding out why I was born. This is where we get to uncover this unique skill set that we have as a human being that nobody else has. I mean, there's lots of stuff we're all good at. There might even be a handful of things we're all great or excellent at, but there's one unique ability that you have, that I have, that everyone has that's completely unique to them as a person. And until you have that unconditional love for yourself, it's impossible to see it. Yet once you do see it, what happens going forward is limitless. The possibilities are limitless. You can't unsee it. You can't. That's one of my favorite, that's one of my favorite things about it is you can't unsee it. And I, I will also say it is wherever you go. So whether it be 
in my line of work, whether it be on the sidelines coaching, whether it be in a community nonprofit or at my church or my synagogue or my mosque, you do this everywhere you go. And that's one of the clues to start just being aware of is, and, and you've been doing it your entire life. Right. You've just been unaware of it up till now. Right. You were unaware of it up until the time that you went through the strategic coach process with Dan Sullivan, which I think helped you get closer. But it was really until we had that conversation where I looked at you and I was like, dude, I've met 10,000 financial advisors in my life. I have never met one who can create trust at lightning fast speed the way you do. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> so on that subject, this is a wonderful writing exercise. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, where, where does the podcast go from here now that we've gone through all of the curriculum. The writing exercise is a little bit about your future self. And here we are in 2020. We've been sheltering in place, stuck in place, like potted plants for an awful long time. And I know I work so, so much on the basis of looking forward to blank. I'm someone that hangs my hat on the next trip, the next golf course, the next dinner out, the next date with my wife, the next family, whatever. And we haven't been able to do a lot of that under the circumstances. So this exercise is you're going to go out three years into the future and you're going to look back to today. And you're going to think to yourself, what has to happen in my life for me to feel wildly successful personally and if you're still working professionally? What are those things that have to happen? And in the context of financial sobriety, let's put them in categories of your money, your relationships with people, and your relationships with self. Let it free flow. Don't, don't necessarily have any organization to this. I want to go to Portugal in the next three years. Just boom, there it is, right? I want to go see my parents. That's got to happen in sooner than three years. That better happen in the next three months, I hope. But just let it free flow, whether it be a, a health thing, you want to lose weight, you want to be in better shape, you want to sleep better, you want to repair this relationship, you want to be, do, have, whatever it is. You want to be really, really good at using the 10-10-10 principle. Yeah, just let it rip. That is a powerful exercise because I'll tell you what's going to happen. If you write all that down and you set it aside, you come back three years from now, I would almost guarantee you that 50% of that list has happened because of the intentionality behind the exercise. Well, that's why we've had writing exercises throughout the whole curriculum is to set some intention. And if you've been with us since the beginning and you've taken the suggested writing exercises and you were to look back just at the last 21, 22 episodes that you've been with us on, I would imagine some of those things you've written about are starting to happen in your life. Imagine three years from now what those intentions will start to manifest in your life with three years of work. Exactly. Because that's how we ultimately measure progress is looking in arrears, not looking out at the horizon. Because otherwise, we're just going to chase the horizon. Right. And let's pick on people that you know have tons and tons and tons of money and they want more and more and more money. They can't, there's no possible way they can have enough money. Well, it's because they've never really stopped and measured their progress and looked backwards at perhaps where they've come from to have a greater appreciation and, and sense of gratitude of, over what they've accomplished. And maybe they'd be happier if they took some time to look and measure the progress backwards. So whatever area of life that you're focusing on in the exercise, that's really the desired outcome is that you're gonna put these markers down on paper 
you're going to look back at three years, but just that whole mental clarity around and having some focus around what, what do I want to achieve in the next three years? What do I want to do? Are there career changes I want to make? I mean, I had a, I had a conversation with a client yesterday. This was so exciting. 17 years ago, she started her master's in a very, very specific area. I, I can't even really repeat it. It was so specific. And, you know, she started having kids and raising a family. And, and as I like to say, life gets in the way. She re-engaged with that institution and is restarting and going to finish what she started with wow. completing her master's degree at 53 years old. That's awesome. That's the intentionality behind when you go through this exercise. So where does, where does the podcast go from here, partner? Well, we really just finished lap one. We took everybody through the different modules of financial sobriety and these three complicated relationships we have, and, and we're going to keep going with that. Only it's not going to be as curriculum-based as we go forward. As we go forward, we're going to be continuing to release every other week a new episode, and we're going to try to tie it more to current events as it relates to the financial sobriety curriculum. We're going to start bringing more people into studio where we're going to interview friends and clients who have been applying some of these modules just to learn a little bit more about their stories, where they came from. Sure. I mean, people have been hearing- Storytelling. We've been telling a lot of our own personal stories and sharing some stories of other people. Well, those other people whose names we've protected, we're going to start bringing some of those folks into studio and letting them tell their stories and how they're applying these modules and how, how it's completely changed their life. What we'd really love your help with, as we've given so freely with this podcast, there, there is something we're going to ask your help with. We'd really appreciate it if you could send us an email at info at yourfinancialsobriety.com with what you like to hear more about. As we continue the Financial Sobriety Podcast, you've heard us talk about a lot of things. Are there specific things that you'd like us to go deeper with? How else would you like to be able to interact with us? We've considered the ideas of some Facebook Live events, doing some virtual events via Zoom, We've even considered the idea of going back to an in-person live event type of format. Any of that type of feedback and input on how we can be more of service to you in helping you embrace the concepts of financial sobriety would be incredibly helpful. Up until now, it's been our agenda, how we see the world and how we want to deliver it. We'd really love to hear from you on how you would like us to continue delivering this to you. Another option in terms of going a little bit deeper here in the short run is buying the book, Financial Sobriety on Amazon. That's another great way to reinforce some of the concepts of what we've been talking about here with these first 21 intentional episodes. If you've had experiences as a result of listening to the podcast that are changing your relationships with money, people, or self, we would love to hear that. Certainly, we're going to keep it anonymous, but we, we would love to hear those stories and your feedback so that we can make this thing better. We're absolutely thrilled and extraordinarily grateful at the number of listeners that are being activated, if you will, by financial sobriety. We'd really appreciate it if you'd share it with those people that are meaningful in your life that maybe you'd like to help give them some coaching on maybe better money habits. And subtly listening to our podcast is a great way to do that. This is simply act one. I mean, this is about a 22 act play, but this is act one. And the intermission will be enjoyable. But as we pick this up in Act 2, 
like Matthew's saying, is that it's going to be much more interactive in terms of different clients and thought leaders. And maybe there'll be people, you'll be familiar with their names, maybe they won't. But this curriculum is really the cornerstone by which we're going to continue to march this thing forward. Right. This is a process. This is a lifelong process. It's not something that we can just start and then stop and hope that these behaviors and the ways that we're approaching these three relationships will just continue on autopilot. This is something that you and I have committed to a daily practice to bring financial sobriety into our lives. And with that, brother, I'm going to call it a wrap. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Mm-hmm.